Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with tea-inspired recipes, steeping tips, and interviews with fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our community. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in today's show notes. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us who you are and how you serve your community? Thanks so much for having me, Carla. My name is Sarah, and I love to share my passion for Mexican food with my community over at Growing Up Sarita on Instagram and growingupsarita.com on my blog. Sarah, can you tell me what's in your tasa? What was your last studying tea? My last Tadin tea was, is, because I'm drinking it right now, Siete Azares with ginger. It's one of my favorite blends, and I like to put both tea bags in there at the same time to enjoy it with a little bit of lemon sometimes, sometimes honey, but most of the time I'm rushing, so it's just the tea. Can you tell me how you steep your tea or how you brew your tea? Yes, I have an electric kettle that I just plug in. It's always on my counter, and I just hit a button. It boils the water in like two minutes, and I can have my tea at any time I want it. It's just super convenient to have it like that. I can't have a kettle on the stove because for my blog, I'm, my stove is always cooking something. Totally. And I would love to ask you about blending the tea bags because we have a full episode about blending tea bags. How do you choose which ones to blend? Well, my favorite teas are herbal teas, floral teas. So I always like to add a little bit of citrus, like the ginger or the lemongrass with one of the flowery herbal teas. Those are just the flavor profiles I tend to go for. So lemongrass and ginger with maybe the pineapple or hibiscus or sietasares, which is one of my favorites. That sounds delicious. Sarah, can you tell me how you discovered Tadine in Detroit? Yeah, I would love to. I discovered Tadine at my local Mexican market. I just picked up a few boxes because I noticed they were a Hispanic brand of teas. I've just always been a, a tea lover, and I've just I've been a customer ever since. And you told me earlier off this podcast about Mexican town. Can you tell me a little bit about that neighborhood? Yes. When I first moved to the Midwest, I'm originally from Denver, but I'm in the suburbs of Detroit now. My husband took me to Mexican town and I thought, okay, well, I've been to Chinatown in LA. So I guess Mexican town is where we eat Mexican food. And as we were driving there, actual like the interstate signs, you know, the state signs for the highways and the official city names, like it said it officially Mexican town. I thought, so this is not just a name that people gave it. Like this is an actual like official neighborhood that's called Mexican town. And it is. So Mexican town is a neighborhood in Southwest Detroit. And it's comprised of like a conglomerate of Mexican restaurants and markets. And it's all concentrated in this one area of Detroit. That sounds amazing. It is. It's really fun to go there. When we go there, we actually just make an evening of it. And we'll go to dinner at a local Mexican restaurant there. And then 
We'll grab some things maybe that I need from the Mexican market, and then we'll end our evening at La Panaderia, which is the Mexican bakery, and we'll just grab a treat and just hang out and make a, a whole fun evening out of it. Oh my goodness. I'm already like, okay, I have my treat. I have my tadine. It's mm -hmm. it's a beautiful evening. Yes. The kids really enjoy it. And it's just a really good opportunity too for them to just go be in touch and connected with the Mexican culture, right? That is really just the whole point of me doing this vlog is to share it with my own family and with my community. Can you tell me more about that? I would love to know about how you share your culture and your family with your community and also with your children. Sure. It all started when I first moved here. So I was a newlywed and I was just craving all the, the cooking that I grew up eating, all the dinners my mom would make. And You know, just like any any adult moves out, you start realizing you have to cook for yourself now. <laughs> so I just started making, you know, my mom's recipes. And soon that's all I knew how to make. So that's what I would take to potlucks, to gatherings, to parties. And people would just ask me for the recipe to my salsa or what's in this beef? I've never had beef like this. You know, it's the picadillo con papas recipe. You know, it's just a staple in any Hispanic household, everyone makes it different, but it just felt like here in the Midwest or, you know, in the community around me, no one really grows up eating fresh salsa. You know, my, my husband's family just all grew up buying, buying salsa from the store or it came from a jar or beans come from a can. You know, they weren't really familiar with how I made beans. You know, you make beans from scratch. And sometimes my friends would be like, wait, 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 you make beans like from the beans. <laughs> so it just started like that. Just me answering, you know, my friends' questions about it. And as the kids grew older, they just love to hear stories in the kitchen. And just, it kind of just is a natural thing for us. So then it just kind of grew into an online community after that. And you started in 2020 sharing on Instagram. So what did that look like for you and your family? 2020 was kind of a crazy year, I think, for everyone. Things just look totally different. But with everyone home, I just kind of started flipping on the camera, like not curated content, nothing was edited, just flipped on the camera and started sharing what I was preparing for dinner, you know, because what else were we going to do? Everyone is just at home. So I was totally shocked that viewers were actually interested. I'm like, people watch this? To me, I was just another mom cooking dinner and out of, not out of boredom, you know, but just like one day I just flipped on the camera, not thinking it was anything special, but uh, I didn't think people would actually start asking questions on how to cook what I was preparing. That's amazing. It's amazing that you turned on the camera and there was community there. And I feel like I've read this in, in one of your things that you identify as a home chef. Can you tell us what that means to you? Yes. I feel like that's a title I'm more comfortable with because sometimes people refer to me as just chef, you know, and part of my mission, if you will, is to show anyone who has an interest in learning these recipes that they can do it. 
I am not professionally trained. I'm not a professionally trained chef. And I feel like home chef kind of speaks more to what I do because I'm just making homemade food the way my mom made it, the way my grandma made it. And I feel like that connects a little bit more with people. It takes out the division of like, this is what I can do, you know, and it takes out the intimidation of you don't have to be a trained chef to eat like amazing food, right? So, and sometimes people will message me and say, thank you so much for sharing this recipe. My grandma used to make this and I never got the recipe before she died. Or, you know, someone's mom may no longer be here. And sometimes I'll say like, this is my mommy's recipe. And it just, it has created room for conversations like this, which I never expected. And that part brings the most joy to me that someone can reconnect with their heritage or reconnect with memories of their loved ones and just kind of own that on their own. Like you don't have to make my recipe exactly the way I made it. Maybe your grandma, you remember that she added green chiles, you know, to the picadillo. And then all of a sudden you were inspired and you make it your own. And now you share it with your family. And to me, that is like the ultimate, you know, being a creator isn't super profitable at the beginning. You know, it's it's kind of a hobby. But to me, that is worth more than any paycheck because at the end of the day, that's why we're here, right? To reconnect, to grow our community and really just bring more joy, right? Bring more feeling, bring more of what it is that the Mexican people bring and offer to kind of enhance our lives. That's so beautiful. I love that you create this from a point of connection through culture, through family. It's really threaded all the way through. And I love also that it's based on the idea that this is a connection maybe through, I don't know, a DM or maybe a comment that this recipe was adapted and they could add this ingredient or that ingredient because food is such a powerful memory and it's also a powerful connection for people. I would love to talk about freshness and using ingredients. I'm curious if you use local ingredients. I know that throughout your cooking, that cooking things from scratch, like cooking the beans is really important. So I'd love to know more about what that looks like. Sure. Ingredients that are local here in Michigan vary by the season. The main bulk of ingredients that I use are all imported from California or Mexico. Because I cook Mexican recipes, my ingredients aren't always easy to find around here. We're so far north from the border, so I kind of have to go hunting a little bit Like I use a lot of chiles, uh, chile verde, poblanos, tomatillos are another one that is a little bit hard to find. It's so cold here, so lots of these fruits and vegetables thrive in hot environments. So they have to bring them from so far away. It takes so long to get this far north that sometimes I have to go to three different markets and the tomatillos are all bad in all three stores. And I can just tell that, you know, this specific 
I don't know, import or the specific semi of tomatillos wasn't a good one. It, they were probably harvested at the wrong time. And it's and it's a whole science, I'm sure, too, is behind the scenes of how to get all those ingredients this far north. But yes, sometimes I have to make a day out of it, go down to Mexican town, make a huge haul, you know, of like all of the chiles poblanos and the tomatillos and the things that are hard to find. I'll just go down there and make a day out of it. I totally get this as a recipe developer too. Like sometimes I'll go to three, four, five different places and travel. And you're right. Like these are ingredients that, you know, I'm even East Coast and, you know, next to in New York City is one of the biggest markets in the country. And sometimes I don't have the ingredients. So you said that you shop at Mexican Town. Where else do you shop? There are just a handful of smaller little markets. I want to say they're kind of like neighborhood stores and they have like a very limited amount of uh, like must-have groceries, but they're also a taqueria. So sometimes I'll just run up and, you know, get like a pound of jalapenos because I don't have those for my salsa or something quick like that, it's not always guaranteed that they'll have it, but they are like kind of these little tiny stores in different neighborhoods that for me aren't as far as going to Mexican town. So a lot of the times I'll just run up there and see, well, just by chance, let me check and see if they have them. That's amazing. And I feel like that's where you found Tadine. Yes. It's yes. one of these smaller stores, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how you work and partner with Tadine? Yes, I am a creator, uh, partnered with Tadine. Just, it's a pleasure to be a partner with Tadine by creating content for the brand team, by filming recipes that are near and dear to me. I grew up having tea, so it played a big role for me growing up. My mom always offered me tea, especially around la merienda or even before bed. So I was thrilled to become a partner creator with Tadin. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. How can we find you? How can we support your work? Of course. Thank you. You can find me most active on Instagram at Growing Up Sarita. And a little bit more of my story is at growingupsarita.com. That is my blog where I am currently working on uploading all of the recipes that I've put on Instagram. So those are the two places you can check me out. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for being a wonderful hostess, Carla. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios.